and welcome to the Feeling Good Podcast, where you can learn powerful techniques to change the way you feel. I am your host, Rhonda Borowski, and joining me here in the Murrieta studio is Dr. David Burns. Dr. David Burns is a pioneer in the development of cognitive behavioral therapy and the creator of the new teen therapy. He is the author of Feeling Good, which has sold over 5 million copies in the United States and has been translated into over 30 languages. David is currently an emeritus adjunct professor of clinical psychiatry at Stanford University School of Medicine. Hello, Rhonda. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, David, and welcome to all our listeners to Podcast 142. Today is going to be an unusual, kind of different podcast in that I'm going to be doing personal work with David. Right, and, and uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it and appreciate uh, your uh, offering to, to do this. And one of the ideas we have in teaching team therapy that uh, most of you have heard about already, but in case you haven't, it's the idea of physician heal thyself, that we you have to do your own personal work <clears throat> to develop a really deep grasp of whatever form of psychotherapy you're, you're trying to give to others. And, and the idea, too, is, uh, you know, that you, you should be able to heal yourself first b b before you would try to heal another person. And there's a number of reasons for that, but one of them is, is that water can't rise higher than its source. And so if you're trying to help someone with, in this case, you know, performance anxiety or self-doubt or feeling like you're not good enough, and I'm sure a lot of you listening now have had those those feelings of anxiety and beating up on yourself and thinking you, you don't measure up. And if you've healed that thing within in yourself, then you have a much deeper message to bring to your patients. You could say, I've been there. I know what that's like. I know how awful it is, and and I can show you the way the way out of the woods as as well. So that's really, really what we're what we're up to, and we're hopeful that all of you, in listening to Rhonda uh, and her courage in volunteering to show her own humanness, will give you folks greater courage and a little bit of an enlightenment as well. Does that uh, size it up? Would you say that sounds very good? Okay. So um, we're going to start out here with the T equals testing, and I just asked Rhonda to fill out the brief mood survey. How are you feeling right now? And the depression score was 3 out of 20, which is very minimal. Uh, you're just feeling somewhat sad and somewhat discouraged and somewhat low on self-esteem. You know, so I have to say that's how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Um, the moment in time that we're working on is when I listened to the two... Oh yeah, uh, social anxiety and podcasts. And it, uh, if you had asked me right then, yeah, my depression would have been a lot higher. Oh, okay, that's good to know. <clears throat> There's no suicidal urges. The anxiety is a little higher. It, it's eight. Uh, you're feeling moderately anxious, moderately worrying about things, moderately tense, moderately nervous. <clears throat> that score also goes from zero to twenty. So uh, a high score would be 18 or 19, and but an 8 is, you know, that, that that's moderate anxiety. And again, that's because I've listened to those podcasts yeah. three times, so I've kind of, I've reduced my anxiety a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it probably would have been up to 18 or something. It definitely would have. And then the anger is just a minimal, 2 out of 20. You're feeling a little bit frustrated and a little bit annoyed. And that would be anger turned toward myself, not towards anyone else. Yeah. 
And that's a relief because if it was anger toward me, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, that would be hard. We have a new happiness scale that's the exact opposite of the depression scale. So instead of measuring depression, you measure feelings of happiness and joy. And it goes from zero to to 20, just like the depression scale. But in this case, a high number is good. And yours is 16 out of 20, which is pretty darn good. And and on two of the items, motivated and, and feeling pleasure and, and satisfaction in life, it's extremely true, the highest possible, but it's a little uh, low, it's only moderate on, on self-esteem, and uh, and it's a lot, but not extremely on feeling happy and joyful and hopeful and, and optimistic. And on the relationship satisfaction scale, you assessed your relationship with David, and that was 30 out of 30, which which is, is excellent, so we'll... we'll um, look at that again. And could I take a look at your, you brought in a daily mood log and sometimes in a therapy session, your your client or patient, whatever, or colleague in this case, uh, will bring in a partially filled out uh, mood log and that gives you kind of a head start and also helps you with, with empathy. And we'll have to do the emotions yeah. piece here in just a second. But the uh, upsetting event was listening to the social anxiety podcast that, that we just did. And then uh, you're negative, and I think you you didn't like something about the way you were sounding on the podcast. Right. And you said I sound so stupid, inarticulate, and uh, and in, in, inaccurate. And then, how much did you believe that at the time? A hundred. A hundred percent. And then uh, I made a, a, a gross overgeneralization, and that uh, that's when you said that uh, diagnostic labels. Are, are, are meaningless, and yep. then, then you yes. got kind of shocked and thinking you had made too strong of a of a statement there. Um, and then a third negative thought was, I, I don't know a, a lot of answers. Was that 100, too? Yes, mm-hmm. they're all 100, basically. Oh, they're all 100, and I sound like an, an idiot, <clears throat> and I don't know the perceived perfectionism. You I don't? didn't know. Well, you explained it to me, so I knew it then. Oh, But I didn't know it before. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I stumbled over the possible reframe and... Uh, the positive reframe. The positive reframe. And I stumbled, I guess, on identify the distortions. I did. Okay. And then um, <clears throat> I fumble. I fumbled with other responses. And uh, eight, number eight, Fabrice was never wrong. <laughs> Fabrice never made mistakes. Never made mistakes. <laughs> um, and nine, I laugh inappropriately, like... Uh, uh, like when we were doing the individual downward arrow, we were role-playing that, mm-hmm. and one of the th- and you said something very poignant and sad, and I went, oh, great. Oh, I see. So <laughs> I, I laughed. Thought, when I listened, I saw that, oh, what a dumb thing. So but I my laughed. tone of voice was so stupid. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, arugula will take away my level for oh Angela, Angela, Angela my level Angela's for gonna listen. certification as a <laughs> team gonna... therapy. Yeah, she was calling earlier today <laughs> and say, say, you know, oh Rhonda doesn't deserve that certification yeah, level. Yeah, we just want to give you an her. advantage. I said I mentioned to you in our session, so yeah. soften the blow. <laughs> and uh, number eleven, I make the same uh, comments over, over and over. That that, yeah. that was a hundred, and and I sound like I have a verbal tick. <laughs> I got another hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And although we laugh about it, I, I you know I've had 
the pain of from all kinds of things, uh, performance anxiety and screwing up at my teaching and criticisms. And so we laugh about it. It is funny on one level, but on another level, it's it's it feels incredibly painful. It does. When, when you're thinking, let let let's just do the emotions, and you can circle. Okay. Circle them. In fact, I'll, I, I'm going to get one of those a brief mood survey for myself so I can be writing down while, while we're working. Sorry, apologize for the clunking of the equipment. But I've got one here. So um, let's look at this f- first category. When, when, when you were uh, feeling the, the, this so I way... Filled, I filled out the, the, um, the thoughts pretty soon, at, you know, recently after I... Yeah, in, right. Close and then let's see, what were the emotions at, at that time? What, the well, first I felt... Ca- I felt depressed and down and unhappy. And how strong was that? I'd say a hundred. A hundred. And then how about the next category? Anxious. I felt anxious, worried, panicky, nervous, mm-hmm. frightened. A hundred. Mm-hmm. I felt bad and ashamed and remorseful. Everything is a hundred. <laughs> Guilty also, mm-hmm. or not? Just those three. Yeah, just 100. those three. I don't think I felt too. Mm-hmm. I felt inferior and worthless and inadequate and defective and incompetent, a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, About lonely, unloved, unwanted, rejected, alone, abandoned? I think I had perceived rejection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, unloved. That's probably mm-hmm. 90. I'll give myself a break. 90, okay. <clears throat> Embarrassed, foolish, humiliated, self-conscious, that was a hundred. And I felt hopeless, discouraged, I felt all pessimistic and despairing, that was a hundred. Frustrated and defeated and stuck was a hundred. And I probably felt angry, directed at myself, Mm -hmm. and upset, Mm -hmm. and annoyed, and that was a hundred. Okay. Actually, there was another thought that I didn't write down, and that thought is David's, David's going to regret asking me to be the host. There was something I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> I forgot to write. <laughs> going, going to uh, regret having me as host. Okay, and what was the percent on that? A hundred. Okay. And um, let me borrow this back, because I didn't write your, your thoughts down. So um, let me thank you again uh, and, and tell, say how much I appreciate not only your hosting, but taking this tremendous step of sharing your own humanness with me and, and with our many listeners. Uh, and... Uh, just I've, I've had had so much social anxiety myself at, at times in my life. I just, I just I know how how painful it it can be. And obviously your emotions here, the depressed and anxious and ashamed and inadequate, a hundred percent. I mean, it doesn't get more intense than that. And feeling kind of rejected and embarrassed, just hopeless, discouraged, frustrated, angry, upset about as severe as can be. Tell, tell me uh, what, what that was like. Tell me about that. Um, well, it's fun to sit here and talk to you about the podcast while we're doing them. <clears throat> and then when 
I listened to the two podcasts on social anxiety, I just, all I heard were mistakes I made, fumbles, you know, what I, I'm doing it right now where I start to think of a word and then I wish I said another word, so I stop in mid-syllable and say something else, and that's, and I say, yep, and mmm, and, you know, <laughs> it's right, it's just these little monosyllable meaningless sounds and I thought oh my god why am I doing that I said Fabrice never did that Fabrice was really cold I'm kind of anxious well, he has that French accent <laughs> he has that cool French accent yeah. he's always referring people to different books and reminding people of different theorists that um, you know and I feel like I'm you ask me a question now, Rhonda will explain that, and I think I probably know the answer, but I, I go right into f- kind of freezing because I'm so nervous about getting the answer wrong. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, what am I afraid of? Here we can do, just for teaching purpose, a little what-if technique, down, downward arrow t- te- technique. Um, so the idea is, is, is I might get it wrong or something? Is that the thought? Yeah, I will get it wrong. I, I, I will. Uh, get it wrong, and then we're going to just put a little downward arrow underneath that. We have three directions we can go in, the individual downward arrow, the interpersonal downward arrow, the, or the what-if technique. And also keeping in mind the, the hidden emotion uh, technique. We have those four uncovering techniques. Uh, and you can mix and match to a certain degree, but Let's say that you're on the podcast and, and you get it wrong. Even now, let, let's say you, you, you get something wrong. What would that mean to you? Why, why would that be upsetting to you? Because it'll show what a fraud I am. Put, put, put that down. Um, it will show what a fraud I am. And if any of you listeners want to participate, you, you can get a piece of paper and a pencil, just turn off or a pen and turn off the podcast until you're set up with a paper and pen. And then write down the first negative thought of Rhonda's, I will get it wrong, and then put a downward arrow under it. And then under the downward arrow, you put her, her second thought. It, if I get it wrong, it will show what a fraud I, I am. And I will put a new downward arrow under it. And, and let's assume... That's true. What would it mean to you? Why, why would that be upsetting to you if it turned out that you, you were, in fact, a, a fraud? Well, then I don't deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. And, the, and when I... I mean, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be a small group leader. I don't deserve to be... Um, a therapist. I don't deserve. <laughs> okay. You know, it just, it just encompasses, it just spreads its wings in every direction of my life. Uh, okay, so I, I don't deserve to be to be here, to be a therapist or a teacher, right? And and and, and so forth. So right. you write write that down, and 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 then um, then we can generate another thought by asking a question like this. See, what you just came up with is kind of a should statement. I, 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 I shouldn't be here if I'm a fraud, and I shouldn't be a therapist. I, I shouldn't try to be a, a teacher. So let, let's assume that's all true, that, that you're a fraud and that you don't deserve to be any of these things, but, but you are. And so uh, what, what then? What are you the most afraid of? We'll turn it into a kind of a what-if technique. 
What's the worst that could happen? Well, everyone will know I'm a fraud. Hmm? Okay. Everyone will know I'm a fraud. Put that down. Everyone will know I am a fraud. Okay. Uh, that, that, That sounds good. I love that one. And then put a downward arrow on, under that. And, and no one will like me. Oh, okay, put put that down. Then then no one, no one, will will like me or respect me. Or like like or respect me. And then let, let's assume that all all of that's true. And when you're doing a downward arrow again, just from a teaching point of view, you you want to keep. Uh, saying res- respectfully, you don't want to say it sarcastically, but but of course no one would would like to to have everyone thinking you're a fraud or not liking or, or respecting you or, or you know or judging you or something. But but if that were true, would that be upsetting to you? Why? What would that mean to you? If, if no one liked me or respected me, yeah. Then Why would that be upsetting? And and again, as a therapist, you have to keep asking this question because your mind, you might be thinking, well, that's obvious that people would be upset if no one liked or respected them. Well, then but, I'll, be, I'll be rejected and I'll be all alone. Okay, put that down. Um, I'll, I'll be respected. Rejected. Oh, yeah, rejected. Rejected and respected, it's all the same. Buddhist and, and perspective. I'll be, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be rejected and all alone. I'll be rejected and all alone. And then... Uh, is I'll there, be ostracized. Yeah, yeah, I'll be alone and ostracized. <laughs> so, like a leper. <laughs> yeah, like a leper. A leper. And and then and then what? Is that bad? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> why why would that be upsetting to you? What would that? If I would be ostracized like a leper. Yeah. Like I walk in the room and people say, "Oh, oh there's Rhonda to turn over." Turn yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. There's Rhonda the leper. <laughs> she stutters on podcasts. <laughs> She's such a fraud. Well, no, I open my mouth. I'll say something. And people will kind of roll their eyes and yeah. And then think, if this was all true. Would that be negative? See, another way to think about this, if you're a therapist and trying to figure out how to do this with, with your patients and clients. And oh, by the way, we'll have to have a podcast on the results of the podcast survey. Oh, that would be great. Because so fantastic. And well, if you still want me to do it at the end of this <laughs> Well, with the, new, with the new host, I'll, yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> the, um, but what, where were we? Oh, yeah. There, you, you can like call this the, the, the man from Mars or the woman from Mars technique. And, and you can say, well... Imagine I'm from Mars, and I just don't understand how things work on the surface of the Earth. So I have to ask you some questions that seem kind of kind of silly, but is there something negative? See, we don't have this concept on Mars. So if, if everyone, all human beings, I guess, reject you, and you're all alone and, and ostracized, then is there something negative about that? Is that, is that a bad thing, are you saying? Yeah, that's a really bad thing. And then why why would that be? Because I'll be I'll be lonely. Okay. And I won't have a community and so and people will judge me negatively. Well, those are two different things. So let let's first put people will judge me. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'll judge myself. Well, let's ignore that for the moment, but okay. people will will judge me and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll have no community. Uh, I'll have no community, uh, have no community, 
and can we add, and therefore will all be obligated to be al lonely all the time? Yes. Okay, add that, and, and yeah. we'll be uh, lonely um, all, 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 the, all the time. So, I don't know if you have a list of the 23 self-defeating beliefs. And, uh, I don't have them right in front of me. I might have a list here, and we could publish it with the, with the show notes, perhaps. Because the purpose of the downward arrow technique is to get at the self-defeating beliefs that, that are under the surface. Um, and let, let me just see. Oh yeah, I found the list of 23 self-defeating beliefs. And so what you do is you, you just um, look at them with, with, your, with your patient. I, I, when I had an office, I had these on the shelf. I would have a hundred of my favorite forms and tools phot photographed, photocopied in, in snacks, and I grab a list of the self-defeating beliefs. And you folks, too, can do this as an exercise. And, and if you look at the show notes, you, you can try to identify Rhonda's self-defeating beliefs. And the way you do it is, is you review the list of, of downward arrow thoughts. So the downward arrow, and then, and then you say, what, what are the self-defeating beliefs that are implied by these thoughts? So we start out, I'll get it wrong on a podcast, or I'll say something foolish, or screw up in some way on a podcast, and then that will show what a fraud I am. And if that's true, then I don't deserve to be here, I don't deserve to be a therapist, I don't deserve to be a, a, a team therapy teacher, and so forth. And then, um, and then if that were true, uh, that, then everyone will, will know that I'm a fraud, and then no one uh, will like or respect me, then I'll be rejected and I'll be all alone and ostracized from, from the human race like a leper. And then, uh, and, and in addition, people will judge me and I'll have no community, so then I'll be obligated to feel uh, lonely uh, all the time. And then you look at the self-defeating beliefs and, and see these thoughts don't logically follow from each other. They don't? No. If, if you get something wrong, it doesn't follow that this shows what a fraud you are. So the self-defeating beliefs is the logic that connects one thought to the one b below it. And so you look at the list of self-defeating beliefs like uh, perfectionism, perceived perfectionism, achievement addiction, approval addiction. There's 23 of them, love addiction, fear of rejection, and, and so forth. And you circle all the ones that you think might apply. So we're going to just say uh, to, to turn off the podcast on the count of three and then look at the show notes, the list of 23 self-defeating beliefs, and see how many you can identify. See if you can come up with three, four, five or more. And then when you're done, you can turn it back on and you can listen to Rhonda and I identifying uh, self-defeating beliefs. I think if you actually turn it off and do the exercise, you'll, you'll learn quite, quite a bit. It'll be a good, a real good podcast for you. Whether And this is, makes no difference if you're a patient or a, or a therapist or a general citizen. Uh, this is an exercise that you can all do uh, so, uh, and, and learn from. You, you know, everyone can learn from this exercise. So on the cow count, one, two, three, turn it off now.
And now, uh, I presume you've turned it back on, or you never bothered to turn it off, either way. And now uh, Rhonda and I will let, we'll, we'll kind of uh, see what self-defeating beliefs we can come up with. What, what, which ones have you come up with so far? Well, all three in the achievement section. Oh. Um, perfectionism, perceived perfectionism, and achievement addiction. So before we go ahead, th those are great calls. The perfectionism is obvious. Uh, and it's at the core of an awful lot of depression and, and virtually all performance anxiety. It's the idea, I, I, have, to, I have to be perfect and, and uh, uh, kind of criticizing yourself for, for every failure, er, every error. What, what is perceived perfectionism, Rhonda? That's when I think you need to see me as perfect. To, or to, other people yeah. need to perceive me as being perfect. Yeah, and, and if you have flaws, then, then we're going to reject you right. and judge you and not want to hang reject me if you don't see me as perfect. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then uh, what you said it's achievement addiction. What, what's achievement addiction? Well, that what my worthwhileness depends on something that I've done, my achievements. Um, yeah. Yeah, my performance. you got to earn. I have to earn acceptance from others. Yeah, yeah. and your right to be happy, your right, right to be a, a human. Great. Now, what, what, are, what, are, what are some more that you found? Um, fear of rejection. Absolutely, and that's pretty obvious, right? Right. right. Uh, I'll be rejected and all alone. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you reject me, or um, it proves there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Now, you skipped over approval addiction. Approval addiction. Do you think it's approval addiction? That you, well, yeah, yes. That yeah. I need other people's approval to be worthwhile. Yeah. And also, a, a love addiction, if I'm not loved, then life is not worth living, or I can't be happy and fulfilled without being loved. Right? Yes. Yep. So if I don't have this community, then I can't feel happy and fulfilled. I need other people's love to, to feel happy and fulfilled. What others? I think do I'm you... going to have all 23. Well, I don't think so. But, <laughs> but you, when, when you find one, you'll often find five, six, eight, even ten, um, ten more. Well, I should always try to please up pleasing others. I should always try to please other people, even if I make myself miserable. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. right, right. I'm going to beat up on myself because I've got to please David and all the people who are listening to the podcast. I don't think it's conflict phobia. No. Um, Self blame. Yeah, I'd have to to say you're you're kind of blaming yourself and beating up on on yourself. Absolutely. Um, and other blame because I'm worried so much about other people judging me. But you're not saying I don't think you're blaming other people. Okay, good. That's okay. Phew. Another one I don't have. Um, I don't think I have entitlement. No. And I don't think I have truth. No. Hopelessness. My problems can never be solved. I don't think I have the hopelessness. No. Worthlessness, inferiority. I'm basically worthless, defective, inferior to others. I think I have that a little. Okay, we can yeah. circle that. We'll give it a one half. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it'll be more than that. Um, I think there's some emotional perfectionism, too, that I should always feel happy and confident and in control. Yeah, right. I'm not allowed to feel anxious or insecure. I don't think it's anger phobia. No. And I don't think it's emotophobia, where I, no. I should never feel any feeling. Um, yeah. Maybe it's perceived narcissism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that really, David's going to be so judgmental. David and everyone listening. Well, perceived narcissism 
is, is if I criticize people, they, won't, they can't take it. So we've got perceived perfectionism already. So if I criticize someone, they won't be able to take it? Yeah, they'll explode or reject me or something. That would be perceived narcissism. Okay, I don't think I have that. No. Um, brush fire fallacy is that the world is full of clones and they, everybody thinks the same thing. Uh, and if one person looks down on me, Yes, 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 exactly, exactly. And yeah. I also think it's spot fire. Yeah, spotlight yeah. fallacy. Yeah, you've got a, you're in the spotlight here yeah. and everyone's staring at you. Right. You've got to impress people and, you know, mm-hmm. put on a flawless yeah. p- performance. I don't think it's magical no. thinking. I don't think I, it's low frustration. I don't think it's low frustration. It might be superwoman. Yeah, superwoman, sure. Week. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And does that ring true for you? Do you think you have these? I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not and, making that up. And the nice thing about uh, the uh, downward arrow technique is you can tune into somebody's kind of the core beliefs under the surface that uh, sometimes in conventional therapy you might be spending many months or even years to, to figure to figure these things out. Now we'll skip for the moment the interpersonal downward arrow. Yeah. But let's just say where where that would go to. Okay. Like you think that David is going to be one of the ones to judge you, right? Yeah. So what would that tell us about the kind of person David is? What's what's his role in the relationship? What's Rhonda's role? How would that feel and what are the rules that connect these roles? Maybe we should do this formally. It's up to you. Okay. Well, I, th- I think personally, I think it's illuminating, and, uh, okay. and I happen to have the interpersonal downward arrow uh, form here that makes it makes it real easy, and and I just think this would be really good, really good training for people. Um, oh, by the way, let's keep our eye on the on the clock. Um, we started this at two o six. We've been about at at, at it about thirty minutes here so far. And well, maybe but David, maybe we should push question. ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let me ask you a question as you're doing this. So you, you, so we're kind of in the empathy stage of the TEAM team model. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yet you're, we're doing tech. We're doing methods already. Well, this came up actually in the Tuesday group uh, last Tuesday because I did the interpersonal downward arrow which worked great, by the way, during the empathy phase of, of a fellow who thought that we would reject him in, in the Tuesday group because he was showing his, his flaws, similar to well, your own. I can own. see why you would do that particular method, because that can uncover other negative thoughts and self-defeating beliefs that you would then put on a daily mood log. But why would you do the, individ- the interpersonal downward arrow? Well, if you wanted to get at the, the interpersonal dynamic between you and the, and the patient or between the patient and, and some other person, that the interpersonal downward arrow is like psychoanalysis at warp speed. In psychoanalysis, you spend, like, the way I understand it, just five years free associating on the couch to figure out what, what your core conflict is between you and other people. Like you might have a core conflict like my needs will never be filled and... and in relationships. That, that could be a belief that someone has and then it operates as a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I love someone, they won't love me back type, type of thing. <clears throat> and, and so with the interpersonal downward arrow, you can figure out these core conflicts in 10 minutes rather than five years. 
great. And then you can also give the person an assignment to, to turn it around within 24 hours or something really. So it's like a psychoanalysis at warp speed. But, but because our time is short and we don't want to overwhelm people with, with too much, uh, and we want to break this into two consecutive po- podcasts, why don't we skip the interpersonal downward arrow and we can almost come back to it sometime. This would be a perfect a- example for it, but uh, okay. we, we've got an, enough stuff here. But I take it that it was just to see if I if I'm getting you uh, that that you've you've had intense pain, which others can't see because you come across humorous, warm, chipper, friendly, having it together. But in inside, you 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 have about as intense negative feelings sometimes as a human being can experience, a hundred percent in all of these categories pr- pretty much. And, and, and it's because you, you criticize yourself, in, in this case, for, for making mistakes or not being as spiffy as you think you should be on the podcast. And you tell yourself that, that you're going to sound stupid and inarticulate and that your, your, your statement about diagnostic labels are meaningless labels. That's what you said. And you got shocked that you said that. You thought, this is an overgeneral overgeneralization, and and that David sometimes asks questions I, I don't know a lot of answers to, and I sound like an idiot, uh, and, and and so forth, and, and that these these thoughts are really, really like stabbing yourself with a sharp knife, uh, and at, at the time it, it seems very real, and even though You've listened to the podcast, and I sent you quite a bit of the feedback that you that you spontaneous feedback that we've gotten uh, to to your podcast. And I for, I also forgot to tell you or one on, on mindfulness yesterday. Uh, I, th- I think we'll have it looks like it'll have the highest one day uh, listen listenership of all time wow. if any of our podcasts. Uh, it's getting up towards six thousand in the first day. Wow, uh, that's fantastic. downloads. Uh, and um, but that it feels it feels tremendously tremendously real to you and, and tremendously painful. And then how how long does this pain stay stay with you? Is it like for a minute or two or an hour or two or days at a time? Or I, it probably stayed with me about twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. And then you know it's still with with me a little, and then yeah. it kind of tapered off until I listened to the podcasts a couple more times. Yeah, and this has been all your life that you've had this from time to time? Yeah, you know, I, I grew up with a kind of emotionally abusive father. Yeah. I think you know a little bit about yeah, my yeah. background. One of the, his, fav, his favorite things to say to me and my brother and sister when we were growing up was if we were talking about something, he'd say things like, well, who do you think you are? You're no one. And mm. um, later on when I was an adult, he, he told us, well, he told me that... Um, he made all those really negative, critical comments because he thought that would make us stronger instead of weaker. Hmm. Like we would fight back against yeah. his negative comments to prove that they were wrong. But that sort of, like, who do you think you are? You're no one. Kind of. Sits, seemed real seemed to you. Seemed really real, and it kind of sits in the middle of my gut. Every once in a while, it kind of pops up. Yeah, painful. Then, when you think back on on those experiences, do you do you feel sad or angry? Yeah, or? I feel sad and angry. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, kind of lonely. And lonely, too. Yeah. How are you feeling right now, talking yeah, about this? Well, I feel kind of sad. Mm. I feel sad and, <laughs> and real anxious. Mm. It's hard to talk about. Tell, tell, me, tell me why it's hard to talk about and tell me about the sadness and anxiety you're feeling. Well, it's hard to talk about because it's, you know, um, I don't want that to affect me anymore. I, I feel like I've, I've lived a whole life and, um, you know, I'm not in my 20s. Why does it, I, I feel kind of embarrassed that that's still bothering me and affecting me, like I should get over that already. Could we add that uh, yeah. as another negative thought? You want another, or you could just I'll add just put it. it at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And and so what 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 is it again? I I should uh, I should be over this by now. This by now. Yeah, I should be over this by now, and that's another hundred percent when yes. it pops into your mind. Yes. Yeah. And I feel sad because I imagine this little girl growing up. Like trying to assert herself into the world and saying things at the dinner table about whatever we were talking about and being shut down, like you're no one. Yeah, sad. Do you think that has to do with your choice of career, being a champion for women and for for children? I do think so. Yep. Yes. So we have to see if we can be a champion for that uh, for that little girl today. Yeah, that'd be nice. How am I doing in terms of, of of empathy? I think I think you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Would you give me an A, a B? A yeah, C? I would give you an A. Okay, why? Well, I think you're you're because you're you know you're asking me how I'm feeling, and you're asking me to explain why I'm feeling that, and um, so you're giving me the opportunity to talk about you know things in the past that have made me sad and yeah. how it, it's affecting me currently still. And how does it feel to you to be talking about it? You said you, you feel very anxious right now. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to be anxious? Well, yeah. Or, or are you feeling David is judging me or the people listening are judging me? Or No. Um, am I feeling? I don't. Maybe a little, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of a terrible family did I come from? What kind of oh like what what kind of like people might be thinking oh what kind of terrible family did she come from oh okay and you think maybe I'm thinking that or more the listening listeners or yeah you're probably thinking it too everyone's thinking it and then um, what uh, what else would I be thinking you know she she comes from a terrible family what else she's broken I, I just meant the more more the <laughs> on the distorted side <laughs> she's broken okay she's broken. Um. Oh, like even when you said that's why I chose the field I, I went into. It, you know, there's a part of it that feels like there was like I had no choice. Like I was on a certain path from the very beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And part of it is a clear as a conscious choice. Yeah. Sure. Um, and but there's a part of you right now that's still still feeling kind of broken and not good enough. Yeah. Right now you're feeling that. Yes, and then you're feeling maybe that 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 I'm judging you. Well, if well, if you're thinking I'm flawed or broken, then what? Then you are judging me. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Uh, yeah, you're judging me that I'm flawed and broken, and yeah. I came from this crazy family, and. And then uh, I, I would be. I mean, 
suppose David was judging someone else. How would you feel toward David? I'd be kind of irritated. Are you feeling a little irritated with me? Well, kind of, yes. Tell tell me about that. Go ahead. Well, it doesn't feel good to be judged. I don't want you to judge me. But I'm more worried about, um, you know, living up to your expectations of me. I might, I might, you can add, did you add these? Yeah. Uh, she's broken, might, David is judging me, uh, I, I, I might not live up to his expectations. Well, I'm not living up to your expectations. Oh, I'm not, okay. I'm not living, living up to his expectations. And, and so what kind of fellow is David? Oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> he's a judge. You know, but now we're doing the interpersonal downer. Well, he's, you know, if you're judging me, you're kind of harsh. Yeah, let, since we're going to do an interpersonal downer, Darrell, let's <laughs> we just... We might as well do it. Get, we can do it fast, but yep. it, it seems really, really important. It seems like an important part of this. But I think uh, you're a stand-in for... Like the hypothetical any person. The, the hypothetical what? Any person. Yeah. Oh, I just have one left. I gave them out at a group the oh, other okay. night. Well, we so. can just work on scratch paper. Well, I'll just do it here. You can do yours on, on there. And so um, in the upper right, there are four compartments here, and I'll try to put this on the show notes too. But the, the upper right-hand compartment is, what does this tell you about the kind of person... He or she is, in other words, David. Uh, and then the upper left hand is what? What does this tell me about my role in the relationship, Rhonda? My role, Rhonda. My role. What, what kind of person am I? And the lower left compartment is how would this kind of relationship feel? And the lower right would be what are the rules that link the roles? This is called the, the rules and the roles. Um, so let, let's, let's look at uh, the, the David's role in the relationship in the upper right-hand compartment. Uh, so what are the, the words that describe David? I think you said uh, ju- judgmental. Judgmental. Mm-hmm. What else? Harsh. Harsh. But I, it, I know that that's not true, so it seems... But, that's, but if you're that, judging me, harsh. Mm-hmm. Critical. Mm-hmm. Um, unforgiving. Un- unforgiving. Powerful. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Con- condescending. Mm-hmm. Condescending. Uh, superior. Superior. Anything else? That's a pretty good That's list. Pretty good. <laughs> now, what That's is my my uh, role? My role? What, what words um, describe me, Rhonda? What's my role in the relationship? Um, goofy. Mm-hmm. Distracting. Inferior. Mm-hmm. Weak. Weak. Flawed. Flawed. Undereducated. Mm-hmm. Fraudulent. Yeah. You know, I just thought about one good thing oh about God. being fraudulent. 
What is that? At least you can fool some people. <laughs> because yeah. you can have all of this without, you know, being fraudulent. No, yeah, maybe that'll go in my uh, <laughs> my positive reframe. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and we laugh about it, but it's, it's real. And a lot of people listening, I'll bet most people listening to this podcast right now, have this system going of social anxiety mm-hmm. and fearing not being good enough at, at whether you're a therapist or a patient or a general public person. It's incredibly common, at least in my experience. Everyone in our Tuesday group, just, just I would say almost 100% of the people feel like this um, from time to time. To time. And um, any, Anything else that describes your, your role? Um. Uh, well, I can, you know, no. Worthless? Worthless. We got inferior. Maybe we don't need worthless. Yeah, I don't, let's not put down worthless. I don't okay. think I'm worthless. Now, what were the emotions? How, how would weak, goofy, fraudulent, distracting, inferior, flawed, undereducated me feel in relating to judgmental, condescending, superior, harsh, critical, unforgiving, powerful you? Um, really sad. Mm-hmm. You know, Anxious, mm-hmm. worried, sure, ashamed, ashamed. I mean, worried can go into panicking, panicked, mm-hmm. incompetent. Mm-hmm. Is that a feeling? Huh? Is that a feeling? Yeah, incompetent. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, How about uh, angry? Angry. Hidden, hidden anger. Yeah, hidden anger. You know, embarrassed. Oh yeah. How about uh, alone? Alone. Lonely. Lonely. And then. The lower right-hand compartment is what, what are the rules that connect these roles? What, what rules does Rhonda have to follow to relate to David and, and the many others who, who are like David? Um, she has to over-prepare everything so that she never has to fail. Yeah, yeah over-prepare, never, never fail. How about try to impress? Try to impress. H- hide errors. Hide errors as much as possible. Excuse me. Bless you. I don't think we need to edit out a sneeze. Okay. Um, so over prepare, never fail. Try to impress. Hide errors. You know. What other you know, rule? Puff, puff myself up. Uh huh. How about uh, be unassertive? Be unassertive. Unassertive, yeah. Right, yep. Uh, uh, unassertive. And uh, do, do not criticize or challenge. Yep, okay. And, uh, and uh, is, is act phony ever a part of it? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I can't share my feelings, right? Right. 
And there could be some other other rules as well, but do, does this seem accurate? That, this that, seems accurate. And it goes on in, in this relationship. Does it go on in other relationships as well? Well, probably, because there's nothing just in one relationship. Nothing what? I don't think there's anything that's only in one relationship, so yeah. probably. So that's just another way of looking at, at what's under under the surface. So you that, that And this goes back to our... Uh, podcast on fractal psychotherapy everything is contained in just that one moment of hearing yourself say something you thought was incorrect about diagnoses being overly critical of diagnoses as being irrational or meaningless i guess was the word and and that uh, like all of the past and all of the current issues can be encapsulated just in what you were thinking and feeling at that at that one at that one moment, and uh, how am I doing uh, on, on empathy now? Well, I think you're doing pretty good at understanding me, but I feel worse now than I did when we first started. Well, talk, talk, let, let, let's talk about that, and, and what, what, tell me about your feeling. Fe- well, you know, worse. identifying all, my role in being um, inferior, you know, thinking of myself as inferior and undereducated and fraudulent, and identifying these really challenging feelings and the rules between us or the rules between other people. You know, it's painful. Oh, it's painful in, in, in what way? I'm glad you said that because I didn't, I wouldn't have known that if you hadn't told me that just, just now. What? Oh, you wouldn't have known that? No, no, because you, your, your persona is always very smooth and articulate and uh, poised and funny and, you know, um, oh. That, that. Well, yeah, it just feels sad to think of myself in these really negative ways. And and actually, I, I you know, starting to do these podcasts, I, I, I experience you as really generous and kind. And so to think that there's a part of me that thinks you're also harsh and critical, it's like embarrassing and sad. Yeah, yeah. it's hard for me, too, because a lot of people think of me this way because I'm the leader of our group to a certain extent and have a bit of a high profile. And so people are often thinking of me as some ogre that they can't open up with because I'll I'll step on them or crunch them or be critical of them or, you know, this type of thing. I'm not complaining about it, but it's it's hard for me to kind of... Wherever you are in life, things go, go with the territory. Um, but it's uh, it's frustrating and sometimes annoying too. Um, yeah, the, um, it's kind of a burden. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. But I, as I say, it's not like some horrible. I'm not like crying in my beer or something like that. Right, and and it seems like you know, like the fractal psychotherapy that we that we talked about before, and the specificity. Is, I mean, it seems like this is encapsulated in that five minutes, but this isn't all of who I think I am or all of who I think you are, or it's not, this isn't all of our relationship. This was just in that one moment. This is the little fractal, the little slice of your life where all of your problems are encapsulated, not not all of yourself or all of your personality, all all of who you are, not all of how you feel and what you do, but the, the problems, you know, you might have other problems besides this one, but most of the people I work with, it's, it's just this one. Did you also feel down because you're revealing all of this in front of a large audience? 
Or well, not? I don't have a concept that I'm revealing it in front of a large okay. audience, but I, I do feel kind of embarrassed that I'm really re- revealing it in front of you. But I've also this isn't the first time we've done personal work, and I've I've also I've already revealed like the worst secrets of my life to you. So yeah. this is like minor compared to that. Sure. Although it doesn't feel good. Yeah, right. Now, how how do you feel having told me that just now? I feel a little better. Yeah. Um, and I, it feels good to hear your your version of it, like your reaction to it. Yeah, why? It feels more of a connection between the two of us. Yeah, and, and again, that could be a teaching point, because a lot of us were trained, don't ever use self-disclosure as, as a therapist. Never I, use, I was taught that, definitely. Yeah, and never use an I feel statement, and it just seems kind of cruel to me. Uh, how can we expect our clients, our patients, to open up? That's what we're asking them to do, right? Be vulnerable and open up, be real, all the while hiding our own feelings, it just seems so phony, that's, but yet that's the basis of an awful lot of psychotherapy. Or yeah, but you're, you're, explain, you're expressing your feelings in, in, in order to help me, not because you want me to take care of you, you want me to feel sorry for you, or you're, you're not switching the role so that now I'm you know, yeah. doing anything Good to point. make you feel better. Yeah. You're doing that in service to me. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that that's right. If I started sobbing and say I'm feeling so awful now, that would, you, <laughs> that know, would help. you really hurt my feelings. <laughs> you really know how to hurt a guy. <laughs> right, that wouldn't help either of us. <laughs> well, to keep these uh, bite size, but uh, I, I would suggest that we can call this the the end of the first of the two podcasts. Uh, what we went right up, we did the testing and, and the empathy, assuming that the empathy is, is, is good enough. And then in our next podcast, we'll, we'll go quickly through uh, paradoxical agenda setting, and then we'll do a bunch of methods, identify the distortion, externalization of voices, fear, fantasy, acceptance, paradox, and, and, all, of that, and all of that good stuff. So uh, thank you all of you for, for listening. Thank you again, uh, Rhonda. Now, for you listeners, I'm not going to wait a week uh, and then continue with Rhonda next week like in a regular therapy session. I, I believe in doing it all at once whenever you can have a, have a two-hour therapy session. So we're, we're just going to stop for, for a moment and then we'll pick right up. But when we pick up, it will sound like next week's podcast. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for continuing to listen. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast. For more information, visit Dr. Burns' website at feelinggood.com, where you will find the show notes for this episode under the podcast page. You will also find archives of previous episodes and many resources for therapists and non-therapists. We welcome your comments and questions. If you want to support the show, please share the podcast with people who might benefit from it. You could also go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. The theme music is Gypsy Jazz in Paris, 1935, composed and performed by Brett Van Donzel. I am your host, Rhonda Borowski. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I invite you to join us next time for another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast.